Hangman Adam Page returns to AEW in the casino ladder match, and he wins the whole damn thing, ensuring that he will have an AEW world title shot in the future. Plus, Tony Khan unveils the brand new TBS championship. We're going to dive into that, plus NXT 2.0, on tonight's debrief. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's time for the debrief. I'm your host, Jose G. Next to me is the top Chico himself, Rico El Glorioso. And we're the only show here on Sports Kita bringing you all the results and the review for AEW Dynamite and NXT 2.0. Guys, sound off in the comments. Subscribe to the channel. Like, share, and engage with tonight's show because we got tons to cover. Big night for AEW tonight, Rico. Two-year anniversary show. Uh, and what a way to, to go out with a casino ladder match and the return of one hangman Adam Page. Were you just as surprised as I was? It makes the sense. It makes the most sense in the world. There was speculation. It could have been your boy Miro. It, you know, we had um, Buddy Matthews that's trying to be cryptic, you know, putting a tweet with a picture of a Joker playing card. But it makes the most sense. You know, we knew he took some time away. He even mentioned it in the first commercial break of Rose to the Top, where he was interviewed by Tony Schiavone after the win, saying that, you know, he was away because he just had a brand new baby. So congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, I was listening to that. To Adam Page, but just in time for him to come back. He used up all his PTO, and I know what that's like, using up all your PTO work. You got to show back up afterwards if you want the full check. So he made his cash well he made his opportunity in order to get the win in the casino battle royale it's it it writes itself like this is long-term story booking in its finest and it really is poetic when you think about where we were three years ago jose and just the news the speculation of a possible brand new wrestling promotion started by the young bucks and cody rhodes and here we are two years later from their debut arguably neck and neck or at least really you know really you know digging their heels in deep into the wrestling community and you know putting on shows that could rival that of the wwe so this is very poetic that one of the original storylines that we've had going in was the whole hangman out of page trying to be the AEW champion to him not winning the championship him being tag team partners with the current tag team or the current champion and now finally as we were hoping, we knew we were going to get to it at some point. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for that AEW world title is just within our grasp. And it looks like we possibly could be getting it for full gear. So it it's the poetic ending to this two-year anniversary show. I can't think of any other better way to write this. What about you, Jose? How did you feel about hearing that music was, and seeing the, the horses running on that Tron? You knew... Hey, man, was back. Well, the crowd was absolutely hot tonight in Philadelphia. So I thought that was great. And uh, the reception for Adam Page was really, really good. Uh, I was just happy to hear that music, to hear him back. The, uh, the crowd did not forget about Adam Page. Poetic justice, him getting the big W tonight in that casino ladder match. Big ups to Adam Page. Let's see what they do with him. Uh, let's see what they do with this opportunity now that he has this 
you know, this chip, this token that he can cash in at any time, whenever, I'm not sure if it works like the money in the bank, but, you know, he can cash it in and get an opportunity towards that world, AEW world title. So let's, uh, let's, let's keep an eye on Adam Page because things just got a little bit more interesting with the return of Hangman. Uh, guys, if you're just joining in, uh, go ahead and give us that thumbs up. Share in tonight's show in your favorite wrestling group. If you're watching us on Facebook, if you're hanging out and watching us on YouTube, give us a subscribe. Smash that notification bell so you never miss when we drop brand new content on a daily basis. We got shorts. We got long videos. We got listicle videos. Whatever you want wrestling content, we got it for you. So go ahead, subscribe to the channel. And if you want to keep us on your mobile phone, download the Sports Kita app so that way you stay up to date with all of the wrestling news that's going on because it never stops. The cycle never stops, Rico. It never stops, man. There's always something going on in the world of professional wrestling. We got a, a really great opening match tonight to AEW Dynamite. Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Adam Cole, the Super Elite, going up against Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. A hell of a way to open up Dynamite and just the type of match that you would expect. A lot of high flying, a lot of big spots. Um, I thought it was a fun, entertaining match. The way that it ended, I thought it was good, too, because, I mean, right now you got a powerhouse of a stable in the elite, right? you got Cole, Young Bucks, Omega. You know, four of the biggest names right now in pro wrestling in AEW, all on the same faction. And the way they ended up with that super-duper extra uh bte that, trigger oh, it was God. unbelievable just all four <laughs> of them hitting uh who, who was it luchasaurus or was it jungle boy oh it was they, jungle, they, boy. Four jungle, jungle boy. boy four knees to the head unbelievable uh good match to open up it's dynamite for the two-year anniversary uh what, what what was your take on here man uh it's what you would expect like again they've been getting into this habit of putting on a potential main event match to start off a show and you know, there was no better way than to put arguably eight of the most talented guys that you have in AEW to start off this two-year anniversary show. Uh, of course, with the hot hand of the newest additions of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole on opposing sides. And just like you said, the Super Elite are really continuing to make a name for themselves here in AEW with the addition of Adam Cole, Bebe. But you just knew, like, this is the platform for all of them to show off. And especially someone like Jungle Boy, like seeing all the reversals that he was able to do against all these guys, even Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus had a moment where he took out the entire Super Elite all by himself, you know, in very athletic ways. Like everybody had an opportunity to shine. I mean, except for Christian Cage because he got taken out early with the Undertaker. But you know what, though? Everybody else showed out. You know what about this match, though? As great as it, as cool and as hot as it was, because it was, you know, there was points of the parts of the match where it was going up and down, going up and down. But there was a lot of miscommunication and some botches in this match. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> some botches in this match because Jungle Boy misses her a Karana outside of the ring. If it wasn't for Nick, he would have probably died. Then they went to for this assisted four-man powerbomb on Luchasaurus, and then they just <laughs> gently, they just gently <laughs> sent him down on the mat. Um, you know, the Everybody's going to criticize. It's professional wrestling. Things happen. I just like the fact that Kenny Omega just kind of sat down and he's like, "Like, what was that?" Like, he's like making fun of his own move because he knew they knew they messed up. So uh, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, overall, man, the match was pretty hot. Uh, we got a great question here from Anirban. He's asking on YouTube, 
What do you think? Will Brian Danielson be involved in a triple threat between Adam Page and Omega, like Charlotte and WrestleMania 35, or Brian himself between Edge and Roman? No. I Put him no. in a triple threat, Rico. Put no. him in a triple threat. Absolutely not. Omega. Let... Bryanson. Page. We or, saw what... Or, or Brian, Omega, Moxley. Still too much, man. Like when you're telling about the story, and this Brian, is Brian, bro. He's gonna find a way to get into a triple threat. He is the one that gets added into everything that is a possible one on one and can be turned into a triple threat. You're right. Brian Danderson is easily the guy that could be in, inserted into any match to make it a triple threat. However, if you're gonna do right by the story, if you're gonna put in two years worth of storytelling, then it has to be one on one because this is Adam Hangman, this is Hangman Adam Page's story it's been his story since the inception of aew when it was him versus chris jericho for the first ever aew championship right there they started the beginning of his journey to finally win that title and to have it over you know being able to overcome essentially his former best friend to one of his biggest rivals in kenny omega is the is the art of long-term storybooking so while yes that would be a great match if you want to do right by the story if you want to show why it is so important to keep this going on through all the ups and downs why every little story beat may, meant something you have to keep this as one-on-one granted what i would love to see is say hangman adam page versus daniel uh, brian danielson for that chip because if there's something that daniel brian can do is say you know what i deserve a shot too so how about this you and me fight the winner gets the chip or gets that spot against kenny omega one-on-one -on -one at full gear because that would be an amazing match to have Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. And this will be a great way to elevate him to show why Hangman is ready to beat Kenny Omega. Because if he can beat Daniel Bryan clean, or sorry, again, Brian Danielson, if he can beat him clean, then it's time for him to win that title. So I personally would have it that way. Have that match first and then have Kenny versus Hangman one-on-one -on -one to complete the story. Make all of this make sense. Don't just wait until... You're on the two-yard line, and then you throw an audible. You put in Daniel Bryan for the interception like Butler did for uh, the Seahawks and the Patriots in the Super Bowl and just intercept it right there at the goal line. No, let it play out. You can continue on from there. So I say keep it one-on-one. -on -one. What about you, Jose? Uh, you know what? At this point, I really don't care. It doesn't matter. If I get Adam Page and Daniel Bryan – that's a treat and a win for me. If yeah. I get Adam Page and Omega again, that's a win. A that's a win and a treat for me. If I get Adam uh, uh, um, Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole, that's a treat for me. So it doesn't matter because in the end, I'm gonna win because I like watching this. Uh, DJ Eric on watching us on YouTube. Will Hangman be the homegrown talent to take the belt off of Omega? Yeah. I think that's a very strong possibility. I think what we saw tonight on AEW Dynamite. With him winning that chip in the ladder match, I think that has a lot of significance, uh, especially since they've been teasing it for months and months on end, and then we didn't hear anything. And now that he's back, I think uh, it, it makes for a really good case for Hangman Adam Page to be the one to take that belt off of a, uh, the current champion, Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It just it just makes sense, man. It's, it's, it's all set up to really tell this beautiful story. So I like it. I would like Andy Carr watching us on Facebook. I love AEW and I'm rooting for its success, but the show needs to tighten up and about half the roster needs to be let go 
Notice there are 20 guys in the ring in every segment. Yeah, the, the show is full of stables. There's a lot of people involved. Everybody tries to get some TV time, you know? There's only yep. two hours on the show, so we'll see. Yeah, they're trying to utilize every single second of that show, which is why they still continue to have all the picture-in-picture picture during all the matches because there's not a minute to waste on this show. Uh, not at all. Not every at all. single week, so... At least they're getting it tied in. They're tying in different storylines with the matches. So they're finding ways to keep it intertwined. Uh, but, of course, you got to save time for big segments. Like when you have a CM Punk promo. Because, of course, he's still hot. The crowd still loves him. Still love him when he does the stage dive. You know, just diving into the crowd. Uh, but, you know, this whole thing was really talking about CM Punk still finding his love for wrestling. How, you know, for a while, you know, he always had this love for wrestling. And he was never, well, not that he wasn't, but... He didn't always feel like he was physically rich. He felt very spiritually rich, spiritually rich, because he was doing something that he loved with people that he loved. So it's great for him to have that feeling back, which is why he's there in Philadelphia. He has so much, you know, to owe to Philadelphia. So he asked him, "I can either buy you." He forgot that it's Philly cheese steaks, and he was trying to offer cheese cakes, uh, which both are delicious. But Philly's known for one, not the other. Uh, but of course, he offers a, you know, the ultimatum: should you know, can I wrestle, or do you want me to buy you guys some cheese steaks? Of course, they want to wrestle. So he calls out one Daniel Garcia and tells them they can buy their own cheesesteaks. But he's going to be wrestling Daniel Garcia on Rampage on Friday, which obviously is this promo. I have a. Okay. All right. So I'm probably going to be the unpopular guy here that's going to say this. Okay. But I think what Punk said at the beginning of the promo are you guys getting tired of this love fest? I'm starting to get tired of this love fest. Okay. Be slow, you know what? It's time, it's not even about that though, because it's like okay, we all like punk, right? We all get it. There's people that like him. There's people that don't like him. But I felt like he's just been pandering. I feel like he's pandering. You know, I may be wrong. I may be the only one with this opinion, but it just feels like he's pandering in every single city, and there's really no opponents for him. So he's just dropping. A quick promo is like cheesesteaks, cheesecakes. What in the hell are we doing a promo on cheesesteaks and cheesecakes for? Right. Um, and then he just randomly calls out Daniel Garcia after he faced him last month after being involved with this feud with, you know, T Team Taz over the last three weeks. So, oh, yeah, let's just revisit that. I don't know. Uh, it's I feel like it's all over the place. I'm, I'm starting to get a little annoyed with it. I think it's time for Punk to start going into business and stop pandering into the crowd. It just feels like he's always just shoehorning in a feud with somebody to have a match with like one of the up and coming talents that he wants to have a match with. So this, it feels like they just basically like yada yada. Okay. It's going to be CM Punk versus Daniel, uh, Daniel Garcia. Cause they had him attack him and try to lay him out and all that stuff. So it's like, he points out a guy that he wants to wrestle that he's never wrestled before. One of the young talents. And they're like, all right, how do we get you into this match? All right, cool. You get attacked back. You know, you get attacked. Go into the ring. All right, cool. Then you can call him out the next promo. You have a match. That's what it really feels like. So they're using the platform, the big name in CM Punk to get eyes to the show to show, oh, he has, you know, he's going to be in ring. He's going to be talking. He's going to be kind of promo. Are we going to get a pipe bomb? Are we going to get, you know, something deep? Are we going to get something interesting? Sometimes you get a little bit of both. Sometimes you get this, which is just like, hey, I'm just 
here to get eyeballs on the show. I'm just happy, to, just I'm just happy to be here. Oh, by the way, check out my Jordans. Oh, kid, yeah, you check want my them Jordan. here? Let me give them he to this kid. Looks like Orange Cassidy. Take $300 badass Jordans and just give them away to this to this kid who's dressed up like uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, CRC, yeah. Christopher Ryan, Cooper, San Jose, G, my man. Where the hell was Miro, <laughs> especially after losing last week? Why would they have not have him come out and take out Sammy? Well, hell, they never had him on this show with the belt. So, yes, Damn. I am Damn. quite upset about that. That I'm telling you, there is a conspiracy. You know what? Put me, put me on solo for a second. Um, put me on solo let because, know, because there is a conspiracy right now. There is a conspiracy with Miro, okay? AEW does not respect Miro. When he was AEW champion, he was not put on TV. He didn't defend his title, okay? All of a sudden, Sammy Guevara wins the title last week and has a title defense the very next following week on Dynamite? Get the hell out of here. That is just disrespectful. He wasn't even on TV this week. So what the hell are you doing with Miro, AEW? Why wasn't he in the casino battle or, or ladder match tonight? Disrespectful. Just plain out disrespectful. Fix it. Do something because you are wasting Miro's talent and time. Sorry. Had to get that off my chest. It's it's fine, man. I mean, it, it just kind of goes in line with what we've been seeing. And again, more guys agreeing with you in the chat. Like, I agree with Steven Chambers. Punk versus Daniel Garcia is going to be a good match, but like Andy Carr is saying, there's a little bit too much Punk. He doesn't need to be on TV every single week. Everything he does should be meaningful, not meaningless like this, like a whole little pandering thing that you saw here when you could have more TV time for Miro. So hopefully we will get his hot wife. Hopefully, uh, as uh, Molly Warwick was saying, hopefully we'll get Miss CJ Perry making her AEW debut sooner rather than later. Who knows at this let's point? Talk, yeah. Let's talk about this hilarious uh, vignette with uh, Arn Anderson bitch slapping oh, Cody Rhodes. So if you guys remember last week there were the, during the segment, um, Cody Rhodes had this altercation with Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson, I think, wa- gave us the impression that he walked out on the Nightmare fa- uh, family. Uh, and then today he shows up. He's in Cody's backyard just burning up a drum putting clothes and burning stuff in there. He wanted to make a point and to, 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 to let Cody that you did this, you know, you've gone all Hollywood. You might be happy. You could buy all the mansions, but you know what? You still suck as a wrestler. I was like, damn. And then and that line, <laughs> paint a star on your face and everything will be all right. Yeah. Not bringing up stardust. Oh, Oh, what a dig! Not only that was like a verbal slap, but then it would then came the actual physical slap oh, where he's like, he's like, give me your give, give me your tie. He's like, no, 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 don't throw it in there. No, I get it. I get it. It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's, it, it was like his dad is like, don't you don't you back talk to me, oh, man, son. Man. <laughs> he just gave oh. him he just gave him that fatherly slap. Like, don't you be don't you disrespect me. Just showing up, you showing up randomly at Cody Rose's house, and it's like this is a metaphor. Like, because that's not what Black is doing. Yeah, he just walked into Cody Rose's life and he didn't see it coming. And then Cody's like on the balcony, Arn, what are you doing here? Like, just gonna show up on somebody else's property and just light a you know, a, a, a fire barrel, just have it in the backyard. But you know, we're telling the story now with Cody how he's gonna. This is the, um, the origin story to uh, Homelander, is basically what we're getting right now. <laughs> 
So his cape is going to be even longer when it gets to full gear. When we have Cody Rhodes versus Arn Anderson uh, with the Glock on a pole match, apparently. But, oh, uh, God. You know, <laughs> Glock so, on a pole match. So, I just like how they're giving you know, you, you know what? They might just do it. Bro. Don't don't tempt them. They might just do it. I know I shouldn't have put that idea out there, but it's nice to see they're giving some care, you know, some some levels to this character of Cody Rhodes, and not just the you know the uber baby face that comes in and just wrecks whoever the new person is coming in. So we'll see how this is going to play out with the story with Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes because we uh, we had later on in the evening uh, Tony Schiavone in the ring with Dante Martin, who's been hot as of late. Like he's put on some really good matches. And he calls out anybody in the locker room. The lights go out. The lights come back on. Man. And Malachi Black is right behind him. Hits him with the mist. Hits him with the black mask. Lights go off. Lights come back on. He's already kicked out of the ring. And Malachi Black accepts. So even while we had this ongoing feud between Cody and Malachi and Cody trying to figure his thing out with Arn, we're going to have a match between Malachi Black and Dante Martin, which is going to be one hell of an athletic match. Should, should be pretty good. Should be Malachi is still going to win. But this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be a really good showcasing for him because that's a really good talent to put against Dante Martin. Like we've seen what he can do with some of these other guys. Him with Malachi is going to be awesome. But this storyline is going to continue. So we'll see how this whole Cody thing is going to get involved. Don't be surprised if, you know, Cody somehow gets involved with this match or Arnie gets involved. Who knows? But, you know, that's going to be one match to look forward to. But one match that we were looking forward to heading into tonight was uh, your boy Miro's former title. Uh, we had the TNT Again, I'm not championship. Mad. I'm not mad that Sammy's champion. I'm just mad that they're being very disrespectful to Miro. They are, because it's going to be a prime spot to have Miro, but he's not champion. It's Sammy Guevara, the Spanish god, defending his title against, uh, all the way from MLW, formerly from NXT, Bobby Fish. And they put on, again... That was a banger match. of a match. Bobby that Fish. finish was great. The, all the spots, the technicality. Yeah. It was it was a solid match for Bobby Fish. That was a uh, that was Bobby Fish's first match in AEW, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was his debut on AEW. So I think I think he had a hell of a debut, and he made Sammy Guevara look like a million dollars, dude. He really did the not only from an offense standpoint, but from taking it also from Sam from Sammy and the way that the finish just kind of came about in the last five to ten seconds. It just it was all smooth, nothing lagged, nothing, no nothing botchy. I thought it was a very clean match and a really good one for, for Fish's debut. Oh yeah. Like I don't be surprised if we see him, you know, mixing it up with more AEW guys, even though he's over there in MLW. But it was really what happened after the match that again, crossing storylines because we've had Dan Lambert really calling out Jericho. This time all the American top team comes out. They surround the ring. They all attack Sammy Guevara. Fuego tries to help. Fuego is no help to anybody. Uh, however, out comes Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Hey, 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 that's not true. Fuego is to help to some people if you wrestle him for a car. Yeah, right. You can get a free car. Because you'll, so. you'll get a free car out of it. <laughs> yeah, and now he's got a brand new truck thanks to Sammy Guevara. Uh, but that was not enough to help him tonight. However, we did have Chris Jericho and Jake Hager you know, come in, make the save. I love that the crowd continued to sing Judas, even though the, it played off and Dan Lambert played along with it. But this whole thing was to really set up the challenge. Dan Lambert challenges Inner Circle. So we've finally been talking about it. Like, how are they going to involve some of the MMA guys? So we are going to have American Top Team versus Inner Circle 
in Miami next Saturday at Saturday Night Dynamite on the 16th is going to be uh, the Inner Circle represented by MJF, Jake Hager, and the TNT champion Sammy Guevara going up against the Men of the Year in Scorpio Sky and All Ego Ethan Page. And the former UFC heavyweight champion, Junior Dos Santos. So out of everybody there, we both kind of believed it was going to be Jorge Masvidal. Like, he is the best fit for a professional wrestler. But it looks like they've been putting in Junior Dos Santos in that ring, working on some wrestling, because he is going to be representing American Top Team in this six-man tag match next Saturday. I'm kind of intrigued to see what he can do. You know, we've seen what the I'm likes actually, of, like, Cain Velasquez can do in yeah. the ring. So I'm willing to bet he's going to put in the work. He's going to be more of a brawler, you know, kind of what he does in, in the ring in the MMA. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see how Junior Dos Santos is going to be able to, you know, hold his own in this match. What do you think he's going to be able to bring to this? I, You know what? We've seen it time and time again where we have a lot of these MMA fighters that make their transition into pro wrestling. And one thing's for certain, if you can do MMA, more than likely you can do pro wrestling. And um, and we've seen it with Ronda. We've seen it with Brock, even though that Brock had to start in pro wrestling, but he was a wrestler first, a, a collegiate wrestler. Um, you know, we've seen it with Cain Velasquez. He does lucha. Um, we've seen it now uh, with countless other MMA fighters like Bobby Fish himself, Kyle O'Reilly. He's a former MMA fighter. Matt Riddle, he's a former UFC mm -hmm. fighter. So we see that these guys can transition well into pro wrestling. They can pick it up pretty well. Junior Dos Santos gives me the impression that he's going to do well, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. But I think the big question here is Jorge Masvidal. Can, is Jorge Masvidal going to step into the ring and do, some, uh, do a match in AEW? That question still needs to stand. We'll have a better idea next Saturday after Dynamite, which will be in Miami, which is Masvidal's hometown. Mm -hmm. And my hometown, too, by the way. And and uh, so we'll find out. But I think this is we spoke about this several weeks ago. We'll see where the story's going. American top team versus inner circle. Yeah. And like again, just like you mentioned, like one of the guys that's big, uh, been big in MMA now in professional wrestling, like uh, Dirty Tom Lawler. Like we've seen what he can do. So I can very mad. I can see that kind of transitioning to what Jorge Masvidal could eventually become if he decides to pursue a, a, a career in professional wrestling. But, yeah, that's going to be one match to really look forward to and see what these guys can bring to it. Because you know he's going to get involved, too, because he is now considered the bodyguard to Dan Lambert. They're going to be at ringside. So you know we're going to see a flying knee from Jorge Masvidal at some point during that match. So I wouldn't be surprised if American Top Team get that win, uh, especially considering that you know they are the legit fighters. So, you know, we'll still keep an eye on and see how – See how Junior can uh, get involved in that match. But uh, speaking of tag matches, we do have an upcoming title match. Uh, AEW tag team titles. The Lucha Brothers are going to be going up against the Acclaim. So that should be another good match to look forward to. I believe it's going to be this Friday on Rampage, uh, which I think is going to be an awesome match. But the big announcement, Jose. The big announcement from Tony Khan. And he didn't even come out. It was all Tony Schiavone that did. Uh, so officially beginning when... When Dynamite switches over to TBS on January 5th, we are also going to have a brand new TBS champion, the same way we have a TNT champion. That's not going anywhere. But now we have one for the women. So we now have a secondary title uh, next to the AEW Women's uh, Championship currently held by Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. 
we're getting a secondary title on the women's side, which I think is a great move, especially fresh off the heels of the building <laughs> that they're doing with the women's division. I think this is awesome. We're going to get another tournament to declare the new champion. So I'm looking forward to this. And I love the little thing, the little like quick promos that they have from all the ladies backstage. I, oh man, it's hard to pick already predict who's going to win, but I would not be surprised if they have Jade Cargill be the first TBS champion early prediction. I know it's going to be probably like her and Thunder Rosa, especially after the triple threat match that they just had. So my early prediction, Jade Cargill to start it off. Who do you think are we going to have crowned as the inaugural TBS champion, Jose? I want Ruby Soho, bro. Give me Ruby yeah, Soho. I want Ruby Soho to be your new TBS champion. So sold to the same, the acclaimed as Jose's favorite tag team. <laughs> get, get that <laughs> Trash out of your <laughs> mouth, Saul. How dare you? How dare you come out with me with that blasphemy? No, sir. Uh, but Saul Sultan is also saying TBS title going to end up with Jade. So yeah. people are already uh starting to give some early predictions on this women's yeah, tournament that's going to be going down in January. Uh, so we'll see how that all comes out. Uh, not only we have that that big announcement, uh, we also had an interview with Darby Allen prior to his match talking about the MJF promo last week where MJF uh, really went dug in deep, cut deep, you know, with some family history there, very reminiscent of the CM Punk, Chris Jericho storyline from about seven or eight years ago back in WWE. Uh, But uh, he pretty much explained why he paints his face. He paints half of it because he feels like half of him is dead with everything that he's gone through. Anyways, Darby Allen ended up facing Nick Camarado. Uh, Darby Allen got the win. QT Marshall comes in afterwards, hits Sting with a diamond cutter. Sting no sells it, kicks him in the crotch, and then hits him with a scorpion death drop because every week Sting needs to get his scorpion death drop in so he can stay relevant, Rico. Yeah, but at least we're not having an in-ring promo like we're getting every single week now from CM Punk. And the same way that we're saying, make it special (laughs) by sporadically having Sting. Now we're just having him hit everybody with a scorpion death drop. Once uh, a week. It's once, once a week. week. At least once. You know, it's got to be in there. However, he was not there to help out Darby Allen later on because as Darby Allen was interviewed backstage by Alex Marvez, letting him know that MJF challenged him to a match, uh, which Darby accepted, uh, out of out of nowhere, a limo comes up. You already assume it's going to be MJF, but he gets attacked from behind. All these guys with masks on. It's the pinnacle. You didn't know. Uh, but these masked guys basically take out Darby Allen. So, And it was said later on, that he's not medically cleared to face MJF next Wednesday, even though technically it's going to be on Saturday next time. They still got some some of the things they were saying. They kind of like forgot which the timing of the, some of the shows are going to be. Uh, but it looks like we're not going to get that MJF versus Darby Allen next week. We'll probably get it the week after. Uh, but yeah, so we have again this storyline kind of veered away. So we had Darby versus Nick Camarado, and here goes right back to MJF. So uh, they're still. Utilizing every second of the show to tell multiple storylines and tell all these other stories. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to make sure you utilize every second, even if it's Ricky Stark talking about the FTW title, uh, which again, he's going to be challenging uh, Brian Cage to a Philly street fight on Rampage, which is being taped now. Uh, so, we're going to be seeing that match. He didn't say it was for the title, but I would assume it. I don't know. It's Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. We're going to get that match once again coming up. But, man, talk about setting somebody up for failure. 
So we had an amazing match between Hikaru Shida, who looks amazing, like you pointed out, Jose. Shredded. Against- absolutely shredded. That that time off was oh. very well utilized. All she did was work out. She, she got an amazing shape. In order to get her 50th win, the first ever woman in AEW to get her 50th win against Serena Deeb, they had the tie, like the little award and everything. So you knew she was not going to win because just when you think she's going to get the win, Serena Deeb just destroys Hikaru's leg. She gets the win over, you know, via submission. So we're still going to have to hold off on her getting that 50th win, which you'll probably get during the tournament if they if they started soon. But yeah. You, you can't just already already have an award for getting the 50th win before you have the yeah, win. Exactly. No. Foreshadowing like, something bad happened. You, you would need to celebrate that like the week after or on Rampage. Or you know what? Like you shouldn't even have unveiled it, right? Exactly. Like if she would have wanted, then come out and have it and, and have a show. That's just like bad juju, right? Like you don't want to have something already printed. You know, it's like it's like professional sports, right? Like MLB or NBA or NFL. They always print out like a huge batch of each team's championship right before the final. And if that team, they're they're down thousands and thousands of dollars. Now that I'm saying that that trophy cost thousands of dollars, it may have. I don't know. I don't know what that's made out of. Uh, but <laughs> probably not. Uh, but yeah, that was just kind of like a, a, I don't know if that wasn't the right move. Uh, but yeah, but Serena Deeb got the win, negating uh, Hikaru Shida's 50th win in AEW tonight. So close. But it was a good match between the two ladies. Good match. Absolutely. It it shows why the women's division deserves a TBS championship. So hopefully they do it right like the TNT. Hold it on par with the top title. uh, Because they're doing a great job with the TNT title, even though it's no longer in the hands of Miro. Uh, So it's going to be you know, interesting to see how they're going to do the women's division on TBS with this new title. But then, of course, speaking of titles in the main event match, we did have the casino ladder match, as we spoke about earlier. It was Pac, Andrade Irlo, John Moxley, Lance Archer, Orange Cassidy. A lot of scary spots in that match. Money, Matt Hardy, and, of course, the Joker himself, Hangman Adam Page. Man. A lot of scary spots. That dead eye. When Hangman picked up Pac on the ladder, and I was like, no, they're not going to do that. Like, he could like die like this could uh, really hurt I'm, I'm literally preparing the thumbnail for the show i'm watching the match and i had to stop like oh no 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 you're gonna oh. die you're you're dead oh, man. <laughs> that dead i threw the table only to try to be matched everybody had a Harvey. table spot everybody yeah. had a table spot yeah. you get a table spot you get a table yes spot. everybody gets a table spot you know what was hard it's a leg drop on orange cassidy which had to hurt everybody on that one. So you know what was oh. nasty in one of the spots there, that spot from Andrade oh, when he from the when ladder he to the other ladder from the ladder to the other ladder. That was brutal. Oh man, that did not look good at all. Very entertaining match. Hammond Adam Page got the win. Now he has an opportunity against Kenny Omega's AEW World Title. Good show tonight. I'm usually pretty critical of AEW, Rico, but tonight they delivered. Tonight they delivered a really good show, and I'm going to give it an 8.5. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to completely agree with you. Like, I'm trying to think of what exactly would have made it a 9, and I like it feels like they did everything right this episode. If they would have probably gotten uh, a Strowman or a well, like a big debut for that like Joker a big, spot. Like a, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I think if they would have done something more with CM Punk other than that promo, I would have given it a solid nine. But, yeah, I'm going to be right there with you with the 8.5. I thought they utilized the entire two hours really, really well. They had some good matches. The high mm-hmm. spot, of course, was Hangman Adam Page winning. It was perfectly balanced. It wasn't full of vignettes or promos, and it wasn't full of, you know, 8 to 10 or 16-man tag matches. You know, it was it had a good balance. It had a good flow. It, there was nothing really that bored me about tonight's show. Yeah, and it feels like there was only like what five matches, but they did a really good job of like again in in their you know intertwining the storylines with like the backstage promos and one feud going to the next feud and how it's you know being continuous. Other than the CM Punk one, I think everything else actually really flowed really really well. And yeah, we got to see Hangman on Page basically re- inserted right back into storyline. Like you said, he was not forgotten about. He wasn't dropped in the card, so they did really good of. You know, debuting, re-debuting Adam Page here in Philadelphia in a hot crowd in the Casino Battle Royale. So I think they did a great job. So, yeah, it's solid 8.5. Guys, if you're tuning in right now, go ahead and sound off in the comments on what you thought of AEW Dynamite. We're about to jump into NXT 2.0 before we end the show. Make sure you are hitting the subscribe button if you're watching us right now on YouTube. Smash that notification bell so you never miss when we drop brand new content on Facebook. Share tonight's show, the live stream, share it in your favorite wrestling group. Tag your friends in the comment section so they can join in on the conversation. Give us a follow on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on every major social media platform. We are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, wrestling media content provider right now that you can find. So go ahead and give us a follow. We got tons of stuff dropping every single day. So go ahead and engage with us, follow us, subscribe. And if you want to listen to the podcast version, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your major podcasts. So Rico, NXT 2.0, another kind of a weak week uh, for, for NXT. However, things are developing in the main picture. As we see, you know, Tommaso Ciampa is now being challenged by one Braun Breaker uh, who's getting that rocket strapped onto him, and he is going to the moon. That kid is going to be champion very quickly and very soon. Yeah. And it seems, again, uh, and even then, if you talk about triple threat matches, like we talk about, like, Dan O'Brien getting inserted into the AEW championship match. It looks like Joe Gacy is working his way and trying to get himself involved in that title match as well. Uh, so, yeah, they're really trying to kind of do what AEW is doing with intertwining different vignettes with the storylines with the matches. However, just counting it, I saw like five solid matches on AEW. We had like seven matches on NXT. Of course, some of them were squash matches to really develop some of the new talent. But, uh, man, kicking it off, we did have some more of the experienced wrestlers in Mandy Rose and Ember Moon in the opening match with Mandy Rose getting the win over poor poor ember so ever since shotzi left nxt ember's kind of been a little bit of a free fall so she's really in this place where she has to really redefine who her character is going to be and what's going to happen to her this risk backful to ember moon how do you do that to such a great talent to like ember moon wow i understand you're pushing mandy i understand that you're really pushing this woman's stable with toxic attraction but this is Ember freaking Moon, dude, former NXT Women's Champion. She's been on Raw. She competed on SmackDown. 
and she came back, was a tag team title champion. But what what else are you doing with her? What else? Either you put her back up on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, or give her a real push, dude. Like do something with her because at this point, she's just gonna be in the back. She's just gonna be in the back. It's a waste of time. And granted, she made this decision to come back to NXT because they really weren't doing right by her on the main roster either because they were having her as, like, the nerd character and she was being talked down by, like, Manny Rose and everybody else. So even she was kind of, like, lost in the shuffle on the main roster, she found herself again on NXT. And now she's right here in this mix with NXT 2.0. And it's feeling like they're really leaning to towards more of the younger talent, more to the Cora Jades, to the JC Janes, to the Gigi Dolans you know, to the younger talent as opposed to some of the more established ones. So it's, it feels like she's lost once again. So at this point, I honestly don't know what else they're going to be able to do with Ember Moon. Like, they, they don't even know how to rebuild Asuka, and she hasn't been on TV in how long. And you well, have she's talent. injured. She, she's dealing with an injury. Yeah, but even she wasn't even mentioned as part of the draft. Like, it's you're still not doing anything to keep people involved with some of these storylines. And it's getting hard for me to want to support Ember Moon. And we know she's a messy talented. We've been huge fans of her when we saw her in NXT. And now it's just sad that, you know, she's back to the position where she is now. And, you know, I just, I have no idea what they're going to do with her and how they're going to be able to salvage her. But, you know, who knows? Hopefully they'll figure something out with her because, you know, she's way too talented to be lost in the shuffle. But two guys, two talented guys that aren't going to be lost in the shuffle anywhere is your man, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Getting a big win over the arguably the biggest guy in NXT, Odyssey Jones, with a little bit of help of Andre Chase. So, you know, this storyline continues. Odyssey, I love seeing him in the ring. He's a he has infectious energy. I want to see him team up with Keith Lee, with Keith Bearcat Lee at some point. Uh, a lot of me dominating team. But yeah, thanks to Andre Chase, he's able to get the win. If Bronson Reed would have stuck around, imagine a, a faction: Odyssey Jones, oh. Keith Lee, and Bronson Reed. It's called the Meats. <laughs> it's called Team Arby's. Just <laughs> Team Arby's. They, they have the meats. meats. That's fine. Not sponsor. Not sponsor. <laughs> Not sponsor. We did have a, a couple backstage segments here. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner talked to each other uh, about having mutual respect and having lack of trust in the environment. Kyle O'Reilly pretty much told Von Wagner. Stay out of my business. I'll stay out of yours. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, then Cameron Grahams was I had an interview with Mackenzie Mitchell, uh, and he's looking for some love. You know, he's seen what happened with Indy. He's seen what happened. What, what's going on with everybody else with Cora Jade and uh, and Baxter or whatever his name is? Is that right? Or is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, think, I think so. Trey Baxter. There we go. Um, so Cameron Grimes is in the market for some love. Uh, then they were interrupted by Pete Dunne and uh, Rich Holland. Uh, who later on had a match between both of them. I believe uh, Cameron Grimes did not get the win thanks to uh, a little bit of a distraction from the outside. B. Dunn got that win later on in the match. Uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota, uh, they were talking a little bit about Indy's honeymoon with good old Dexter Loomis, how she was bragging about how much she wore him out, wink, wink, uh, that he couldn't even make it to the NXT uh, live show last night. Uh, and then uh, they got walked in by T and Shaw. Uh, so this is fun because we didn't get to see a follow-up to the honeymoon this week. They took a week off from that. 
Well, ex- yeah. Other than just like you mentioned, the the backstage segment where they happened to just open the door, and I don't know what you know Mei Ying was doing there with uh, with Boa, but uh, this and this ended up leading to a match, which Indy Hartwell got the win over Mei Ying. So now that Kylie is officially drafted to the main roster, she's gone. So May it's just going to be Boa and Mei Ying. It's I don't know what that was about. Like, are they really pushing hard? Because she got the win. And then backstage, we saw a little segment between Paris and Indy basically challenging Zoe Stark and Io Shirai for the Women's Tag Team Championship. So I I don't know what's next for Boa and Mei Ying at this point because that mystique is gone. Like, with Xia gone and with this match happening here, like, it's dead in the water, it feels like. Because how are you going to just lose to that, you know, with the uh, yeah. a wrestling maneuver? Not even you know. I had I had higher hopes. I had higher hopes to you know for Mei Ying to be more of a badass, but I don't know. Indy Hartwell is kind of on a on a uh, on a roll right now. She's really popular. She's over with the fans, and uh, I think this wasn't the right, the smartest matchup for Mei Ying. They probably should have put someone else in front of her, and not someone who is as over as Mei Ying. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the in the next coming weeks when it comes to uh, Tian Shah and uh, Zia Lee. I don't know if she's planning to have her come up with her as part of her, or is just going to be Zia Lee by herself. I don't know. I, 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 we'll we'll find out, man. But speaking of other members of NXT that have been called up, we have Hero. Going to be going over to SmackDown, but of course, they still have some unfinished business with Santos Escobar and Legal de Fantasma. So he's really challenging, you know, Isaiah Swerve Scott for that uh, North American championship. So he has to drop it to him, right? Like, yeah. we're going to have Santos finally get that win because he has Absolutely. yet to touch that title ever since it's going to be the dirtiest way you'll ever, you'll, you'll ever see. It's going to be in the most heelish way possible, but one way or another. That NXT North American Championship is going to be around the waist of one Santos Escobar. Okay, it's gonna happen, and it's gonna look good on his waist, too, man. You know, that's gonna be a good title to have on him. Uh, but good news that we did hear from this week's NXT is they're bringing it back. Halloween Havoc is coming back to NXT. Unfortunately, we're not gonna have Shotzi Blackheart to be the special guest. Uh, and having that, she did awesome such a great video. job hosting that last year, man. Oh, she looked great being the mm-hmm. host last year. Uh, but we're not going to have her here, unfortunately. But we are going to be having, like you said, uh, Tommaso Ciampa defending his NXT championship, most likely against Braun Breaker, possibly a triple threat match if uh, Joe Gacy can beat uh, Tommaso Ciampa heading into it. It's not going to happen. He got the win over Ikeman Juro, which was expected. Uh, but yeah, probably not going to be getting a triple threat match, even though he's doing this new gimmick where, you know, the ring is a safe place. Even though he beat Ikeman Juro, he gave, picked him up and gave him a nice hug afterwards. You know, trying to show Sportsmanship, hey, bro. It is a safe match? space. It's, safe it's just a match. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, we got to see the debut of one Tony D'Angelo. Going up against yeah, Malik man. Blake from Orlando here from a local guy yeah. and uh, obliterated him. One, yeah. we expected something like that to happen. <laughs> uh, good, good, good debut for Tony. Uh, we had a vignette with Diamond Mind showing off all the members of what makes them so dominant. And then Raquel Gonzalez cut a promo on how she's going to get revenge on Mandy Rose uh, and then got interrupted with uh, Toxic Attraction uh, to talk about how they're going to take over. Uh, that they're just not 
toxic attraction, they're the attraction. Uh, then Zoe Stark and Neil Shirai came out to help back up Gonzalez before a fight could break out. Toxic attraction chose to leave instead of mixing it up. Uh, and then we got to close out NXT 2.0's la- uh, last night, a fatal four-way elimination match, which, or- oh, which was changed later on because a huge uh, scruff happened backstage of all four members, so they couldn't wait to be of all four teams, so they eventually made it an elimination match. Uh, we had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams going up against GYV, the grizzled young veterans. Then Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen, who was very closely and very rapidly becoming my new favorite tag team, and uh, MSK defending their titles. Uh, we had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams eliminated first, then it was followed by Grizzled Young Veterans, which they probably did not have that in mind because they wanted uh, to be at the very end. But it was Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen at the end with MSK, with MSK retaining their titles. Uh, good matchup. What do you think of Brooks and uh, Brooks and Jensen right now, dude? Oh, I think this is a solid tag team. Like we mentioned it right? last week, they're they're very much like a this generation's beer money ink. Like these are just two big, tall, brawling guys that are just down to have a bar fight anywhere they go. So I think that you know teaming these two guys up together is a great call. I think they're going to be a truly good tag team when it comes to this NXT tag team division. Right now, they have a nice little baby face run going over here, teaming up essentially with msk because of course after this title match happened we did have imperium make themselves known attacking msk so i would not be surprised if we see like an eight-man tag match excuse me where we're gonna get like aggressive young veterans and imperium going up against uh briggs and jensen and msk uh i think eventually when these guys turn heel they're gonna be great give them a run with the titles because i'm starting to finally get alongside you jose like I think MSK is very talented, but it's starting to feel stale to me. Like, they're not over the crowd. The crowd is not into MSK. I'd rather see somebody else have the titles. And whether it's uh, Briggs and Jensen or Grizzled Young Benson. Give me, give me Briggs Jensen, bro. I think they should give it to Grizzled Young Veterans because they deserved it for the longest time. They should... I feel okay. to be recognized as NXT tag team champions as and then much as I love them. Uh, yes, you're right. As much as I love GYV and I've been an advocate for GYV to be the tag team champions, I feel like their time has already passed because of every single opportunity they've got. I feel like they've either gotten screwed, they've gotten something sh- shenanigans that have not gone their way made it impossible for them to get a legit opportunity one-on-one or two-on-two against MSK. So I'm like, you know what? The hell with this. But now, (laughs) Briggs and Jensen, (laughs) let's go out drinking with those guys and let them beat some people up because that's what they're all about. I like those guys. Those guys are going to – those guys are money, bro. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're going to go far. But even then, and we also have to mention here because we didn't bring it up – Parker Bordeaux, his new character, Gunner Harlan, just ballhead. Parker Bordeaux, man, hell yeah. He joined the ballhead crew, Jose, looking and just brolic there, not saying a single word as he's just there in the crowd, just on the the features. Was he staring at Gacy? Was he staring at Gacy while Gacy was walking back, or was that uh, Andre Chase? Think so. I think it was Gacy. I I don't remember. I just remember seeing him. I'm like, wait, who is it? Wait, is that – is that him? 
They saved Parker Bordeaux. He kind of looks. He I, okay. So I have. I like it and I don't like it. I like it and I don't like it. Right? Because we know that Parker is a beast. Right? We know that yes. Parker is a badass. He's a big dude. We know he can go. Uh, but he looks like a white supremacist, dude. That like he just, does. Yep. He yeah. looks. He looks like a yeah. neo. Not. It is. It's yeah. not a good look. They should have not shaved his head. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the tattoos, but it. Mm, it's a very polarizing situation when we look at things like that. And I don't know. Uh, right now, I'm not digging the character. Right now, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like. I would think somebody, especially after the whole ACH and you know the Jordan Miles thing with his shirt, with the this you know the lid. Like I, I would hope that by this point they would have had somebody there for you know uh, just somebody to look at everything, whether it's the merchandising, whether it's the look of a, of one of the wrestlers, just to make sure it passes the eye test and doesn't look to offend anybody or to come off as anything that it's not. So I'm hoping that we're gonna find out more behind this character. Uh, yes, uh, but like you said, I was like, like first impression. That was immediately the first thing I thought. I was like, I'm like, okay, hold on. Exactly. It's a different look for him because I didn't recognize him at first, and so I'm like, okay, oh, gonna okay, that was Parker Bordeaux. Got it. I know who he is now. Got Not the best it. look for him, but yeah. let's give it some time. Maybe they'll figure things out as they go. But this is NXT 2.0. You know, they're here to develop this new talent. They're showcasing it. They're integrating in different storylines, like with the Joe Gacy, you know, him beating Ibn Jiro and now inserting himself into the AEW championship spot. Like, we're starting to see a lot of these guys really get involved. Uh, you know, these newer guys, like younger guys, especially Tony D'Angelo. Even after he got that win over our boy here from Orlando, he showed up at Lash Legend to say, hey, you, if you want to have, you know, a, a real upcoming legend, then you need to have me on your show. So, like, we're seeing all these storylines kind of intertwining, which I think is a good idea. Uh, so, we'll just have to continue to see how, you know, this continues, how uh, they continue to portray all the new characters. Because, again, this is only a few weeks old. You know, it's still a brand new NXT 2.0. And, you know, think about the first NXT that we saw when it was a game show. It kind of didn't get off on the best foot, you know, compared to what we had later on. Things so, who evolved, knows man. what is going to grow from this. So, I'm still going to give, you know, Parker Bordeaux, give him some time to grow, give the rest of the show, you know, Tony D'Angelo, because he came in there with that squash match. So, you know, I'm I'm going to let it breathe a little bit and see what they continue to give us, because we know what NXT can do. We know what Triple H can do with some amazing talent. So I want to be positive. I want to be optimistic and give them the benefit of the doubt. But overall for this show, it does not hold a candle to what we just saw tonight on Dynamite, unfortunately, for their anniversary show. Uh, so, uh, I'm gonna give it a six point five. I think wow. had we had, had we had you know uh, like a title Ooh, change in low. the tag team division, that would have done something else for it. Uh, I still kind of found a, like what they did with Mei Ying. I thought was weird by having her lose in that manner to Indy Harwell, even though you know it is Indy. Uh, same thing with Ember Ro- uh, Ember Moon losing to Mandy Rose. Like, to me, that kind of, like, knocked it down a few pegs compared to what we saw uh, tonight, which is still a little bit of recency bias. Uh, so just because of that, yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.5. What about you, Jose? Um, I think you're being generous, Rico, uh, to be uh, 100% honest. Oh, damn. Uh, but, I, but I'm going to be a little bit less generous. I'm going to be generous, but not as generous. I'm going to give it a 6. 
a six on the dot, 6.0. That Ember Moon loss is terrible, man. Like, what what are you doing with Ember? Uh, And the fact that this is like the second or third time that this happens on, on singles competition is very concerning to me especially after the revamp of NXT 2.0. Um, this ups brings in Jensen. Those are like the highlight of my night. I thought those guys are great. I think those, those guys scream tag team championships in the future. Uh, but just uh, not a whole lot of big stuff. I mean, there wasn't a single S word. There wasn't a single S word on NXT this week. All right. We had an S word on SmackDown. But we yeah. didn't get an S word on NXT. So, and, and then meanwhile, on AEW, we got like seven tonight. So, but who's counting? Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think because they are introducing so many new characters, we have to get used to these new characters and these new talents. And I think once they get into the groove on how they want to present the new talent, you know, because this is a new version of NXT, um, it's just going to take some time. Just like AEW, you know, when AEW started, uh, they, you know, it took some time for them to get their to get the ground running under them. Mm-hmm. Same thing is going to happen now with 2.0. This is their new version, like Raw or SmackDown, but at a much smaller scale. It's going to take some time for people to get behind it and and you know get those massive views. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to stop watching because we got to talk about it, and I absolutely love watching it. But there's just some things, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? We didn't even mention, completely forgot to mention that. And uh, Stephen Chambers and Chris Aldridge brought it up. Yeah, Frankie Monet losing to Cora Jade. Also, so like, when yeah. I look at getting that loss to another up and comer, so it, yeah, it just really goes to show they're focusing on this oh, new talent. It wasn't so. on SmackDown; it was on Raw. That's Raw. where uh, it was on Raw. He's absolutely right. Yeah, because he, I love that promo that he dropped. He's like, I'm the best. Because you know what? I don't give a shit what everybody shit. says about me. Like, this, that's natural, though. That's like something you say natural. So I love that's it. That's a proper way it. of using these curse words. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not to mention Rich Holland. You don't go here. He got drafted. So, what really is he doing with Pete Dunn? You know, which I, I agree. Uh, I forgot who brought it up. I think probably Stephen Chambers. Well, remember, remember, they yep. made it a point. Remember. These changes don't take effect until after the Crown Jewel pay-per-view on October 22nd, Rico. It just still feels a little too soon to bring up Rich Holland, especially without somebody supporting him. He just broke his legs clean in half last year. And And you bring him to the main roster. And he's already on SmackDown. But Pete Dunne's still on NXT. I'm sure Pete Dunne wants to stay on NXT. But, man, it just goes – it's like – yeah, like – the thing is that Pete Dunne is not Vince's type of guy. Ridge Holland is. That's true. That's yeah, the thing. Does. That's the thing. Not to mention you have Gable Stevens and just completely, complete, you know, clearing NXT. So, but anyway, we digress. <laughs> Gable, he's an Olympic gold medalist, dude. I mean, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle did the same exact. Yes, bro. Bro. Yeah. Gable Stevenson is going to be something else. I'm excited to see Gable. All right, guys. Well, that is it for tonight's show. I want to thank you for hanging out with us here for about an hour. Talking AEW, talking NXT here on the Sports Keto Wrestling Channel. We greatly appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button, really important, and hit that notification bell so you never miss when we drop brand new content. We got an exclusive interview right now with Drew McIntyre. Uh, that's uh, Kevin Kellum had an opportunity to sit down and talk to him earlier this week. We also got Dominic Mysterio coming up later this week. 
Uh, great interview. Also, Rizzo Das Gupta uh, had a great interview with um, with Victoria, former formerly known as Victoria Lisa Marie, and a bunch of other impact knockouts. So that's a great conversation. Go ahead and check that out on our YouTube. So we got tons of stuff right now. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, hit that like button, sharing your favorite wrestling group. Also, we got tons of listicle content that's dropping every single day. And we got a specific YouTube channel for all our listicle content. You guys can check it out and subscribe to the Wrestle Binge on YouTube. That is a subdivision of Sports Keto Wrestling. So go ahead and give us a subscribe on Wrestle Binge on YouTube for all the listicle content you want. Top five best or richest persons in WWE. Uh Five ugliest people in WWE in wrestling, you know, things like that. So you get all sorts of great content over there on WrestleBit. So go ahead and do that. And also make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your major uh podcast, guys. So that's it for Rico El Glorioso. I'm Jose G. Catch me on my uh, uh, on my socials, and I'll be back tomorrow with the top story here on Sports Kino Wrestling. I'm not, we're not going to have Rican show tomorrow because Rico's on vacation. So you go and enjoy your vacation, bro. Go and enjoy Mexico. Have a great time. I'll see you in a week or two. So don't get into too much trouble, guys. All right. But most importantly, don't get into trouble. But remember, while you're watching wrestling on your trip, what's the most important thing to do, Rico? Enjoy. Enjoy wrestling. Yeah. Good night.